following takes place between 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. Hammer time! Are you a homeowner who is dangerous with tools? Do you start a project and never finish it because frustration sets in? Do you think maybe you should have called a professional? Break it down. Well, look no further. Image Home Improvement is now live on the Double Wide Network. And now, remodeling contractor, TV personality, and your host for Image Home Improvement, Steve Dubell. Oh, it's Saturday, and it's time for Image Home Improvement Live right here on the Double White Network, and we'd like to welcome all of you to the show today. It is a beautiful Saturday morning out here in the Valley of the Sun, and it's, uh, as we like to tell people, it's springtime, and you know, despite other areas of the country which are still undergoing massive winter storms. You mean glacial thaw? Glacial thaw, yes. Yeah, that's right. Glacial thaw. But we are, you know, we're, uh, as we say, Dan, we're not quite there yet, but we're starting to cook out here. That's right. That's, you know, the lower setting of your oven. Just keep warm. <laughs> that's right. But, you know, it makes for great, uh, for, it makes for great getting your home together early because obviously this is the time when you're out in the desert that you want to be able to take care of the exterior of your home because you know come a month or two from now when the uh, triple digits start to uh, come on the on the scene it's going to be a little bit too toasty outside to do much of anything except go to your car get in the air conditioning Get out of the car, go back in the air conditioning house, and that's about it. Because the tools will be too hot to touch. That's right. And they I can tell burn you, your hands. I could tell you know, if people can imagine, like, you know, we talk about the intense winters that are going across the country and being living in the southwest, you know, we get some of the some of the rain, but we never get hit with some of the intense Cold, bone as well. You know, cold. I mean, I could tell, you know, all our friends in the Midwest and and back east. You know, they get hit with sub-zero temperatures with wind chills up to 20 and 30 miles an hour. And, I, and you know, you think about that. I remember visions of the lakefront in Chicago on the wind chill coming across the lake. It's just like, it's just, you know, and then, I'm glad I'm here. Yeah, and, and you and I have both seen the lake freeze up to where the lake actually rises in an ice pack about 8 to 10 feet or better. It's almost that you think you could walk across the lake to Michigan. Like that one woman tried to? Yeah, well, that was a little stupid. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> that I mean, was one of those poor choices. You know, that's what you say. What does Ron White say? You can't fix stupid. That's you it. don't do those kind of things. I mean, come on. But uh, we've got a great show planned for you today. There's a lot of things that are happening. And whether you're in the Midwest or, or back east, on the north, uh, in the northeast, on the eastern seaboard, or living here in the southwest or California, one thing that's happening is it's going to happen in your area of the country soon. Is it's going to get warm, and guess what happens when it gets warm? Bugs come. Yep. And then it's going to be you have that question: What's bugging you? That's right, because there's more bugs in this world than us. <laughs> that's right. It's a whole <laughs> lot more bugs in this world than us. But we're going to be speaking with the one of the specialists that we know, a longtime friend, uh, Scott Stafford from SNS Pest Control, is here. We're going to be talking about everything that's buggy, <laughs> that's bugging you. <laughs> you know, it's like you say, well, well what's yeah. bugging you? Well, we'll let's put see. our feelers out and see how this works. And one of the things that we're going to be talking about, obviously, <laughs> besides... You know, termites, we're going to be talking about termites, we're going to be talking about bees, we're going to be talking about all those little creepy, crawly things that are happening, and especially, you know, 
you know, if the termites and the bees are coming, snakes can't be too far behind. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so um, we're going to be talking a lot about that. And one of the other things we're going to be talking in our second hour, we're going to be talking about, you know, we had a lot of rain here this week uh, in uh, the Phoenix area. And again, what happens to roofs when it rains, Dan? They leak beautifully. They, I mean, not, they leak. Dan, be nice now. Come on now. Hey, it, it I, I can't help it that it, you called me over to a place. I walked across it, and the foam squirted back. It's not my fault what? they put it in wrong. <laughs> it was supposed to have been sealed. That's why we have the man, the man who actually, he said, you know, I got to tell you, Dan, you know, when we first got to know each other years ago in uh, our B&I group, you know, Dan was a mild-mannered uh Inspector, now, now, and Mike comes in every day, or Saturday before he, the show starts. He said, "Steve, did Dan take his medication yet?" You know, we always kid Dan that he takes medication to protect all the listeners. That's right. But, I'm, a, I'm a vet, and don't forget that. <laughs> Mike, good morning. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm just having a real hard time imagining Dan mild mannered. Well, you know, so. you know, it's like you know, there. You know, we all have our other life before we got into broadcasting or remodeling or things like that. You know, you know, Michael have some good comments about nine thirty when Dan really kicks in, and he has some great comments. And that's when he said that's when he really. What did you say last week? Nine thirty. He really gets warmed up. Oh, that's when it just clicks and then it's like you know all the different medications come together and just meet and then he just makes these really good points and we're all just kind of taken aback yeah i know i know but no on all kidding aside dan is one of the, one of the best in home inspectors i would and i would stake my reputation on one of the best home inspectors in the country because there isn't anything that dan can't find that's right and, and i keep throwing yeah. things at him but he still keeps looking <laughs> and he'll still keeps finding them but you know, but that's and, another story, and that's why realtors love to hate me. Yeah, that's right. All right, that's another that's another show too for another day. All right. Anyway, I also want to make a couple of announcements before we get started today. You know, one thing that we want to talk about. Obviously, next week we are going to be on location. Dan, out in Scottsdale. We've got to warn the people in Scottsdale. <laughs> I'm Dan's on the way coming. out there. No, we're actually going to be broadcasting the show live from the Scottsdale Home and Travel Show next week. And they also have, it's like two shows in one, the Home Furnishing and Design Show and the Scottsdale Home and Travel Show. That's Saturday, March 28th and Sunday, March 29th. Saturday's hours are from 10 a.m. to 5. Sunday is from 10 a.m. to 4. It's at Westworld in Scottsdale. So we want to let everybody know, come on out. We are going to be talking. We're getting, this, is, this is like I'm going to do like a lot of other radio show hosts do on terrestrial radio. We're going to actually take a big risk here, and we're going to have people come on the show that could share their homeowner horror story with us on what happened either from a disaster or what happens when they had a bad contractor come in and do a as our, our good friend Monty used to say, shoddy work. Oh, I thought you were going to say, "Let me be in public." <laughs> <laughs> There's a real gamble, you know. So, well, you know, we have to let we have to let Dan out every now and then. But uh, no, Dan outside, Dan outside. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, all right, enough for that. All right, so anyway, but I want everybody to come out next week and bring your designs, bring all your information. We're going to be out there, and we want you to be part of the show. And also, we want to be able to take care of your needs. If you are 
you know, planning a remodel or if you're planning, maybe you've got some home repairs that you've got to get done now that it's getting warm out here in the Valley of the Sun, make sure that you come out and see us uh, in, uh, at the Scottsdale Home and Travel and Home Furnishing Design Show. And uh, another great announcement this week. I was just totally ecstatic last, actually yesterday afternoon, when I got the word that the uh, home, the uh, Image Home Improvement Show website, the facelift was complete, and we went live. I want everybody to go. I'm sure you've seen the, if you've been on Facebook this morning. If you're an early riser, you've seen the uh, the posting I did. Make sure you go check it out. We're gonna. Start doing product reviews. We're going to be talking. It's going to be very, very interactive. You're going to be able to leave comments. You're going to be able to have more information about each and every show that we do here on the Double White Network. It's just going to be. It's going to be totally awesome. I mean, just you're totally awesome, man. <laughs> you know, but you're going to love it. You're going to love it. It's it's as we like to say in Star Trek lingo, Mike. It's light years ahead of where we were. It's it's looking that way. We checked it out before we started the show, so. Pretty excited. We're pretty excited, and we want to also send some kudos and thanks out to uh, Ed Martinez from City on the Hill. He's uh, the mastermind behind the new design, and uh, it's just going to be really good. We're going to get we're going to be able to share a lot more things, and plus we've got other events we're going to be able to do uh, that are coming up in April. We're going to actually be at the Arizona Sports Fan Expo. That's April eighteenth. So bring your kids. It's going to be fun for the whole family. We're actually going to be doing Actually, you know, one of the guys I watch every July is on July 4th, Joey Chestnut. You know, the, the guy who eats all the hot dogs at, down at Nathan's in New York, wow. my old alma mater down there. And he's going to be coming here. They're actually going to have a wing eating contest. This guy, this guy eats anything. But I'm ready. I got my Nathan's famous hot dog, you know, uh, T-shirt, you know, from the hot dog eating contest T-shirt. Had my my good friend in New York send me a T-shirt, so I'm all ready. I can take pictures. We could do we could do the interview. We're all ready. He'll feel right at home. <laughs> I just I can't watch people shovel that much food. It's ridiculous. <laughs> well, you know, did you ever see ESPN? How they every year it gets better and better. Now they have they give you a segment where they show actually how the stomach works when he takes all this food in. Oh, and that why God. they eat hot dogs first, buns second, and why they they dip. But it's a whole science. It's I just like how you load a cannon, isn't yeah, it? Me, yeah. Meanwhile, so it all comes time, out just right. By the time you're done, your stomach <laughs> looks like about the size of a basketball. You know, but you know, how could you think about eating like fifty, fifty-five, sixty hot dogs at one time? That's just amazing. But I'm going to ask him that question because he's been doing it for years and he's won he's won that the won that event six times so that ought to be pretty pretty interesting when we get a hold of him but um <laughs> don't squeeze him don't <laughs> squeeze him he might explode all right listen before we get started we're going to take a short break and when we come back we're going to be talking with Scott Stafford from SNS Pest Control all about the thi- everything that bugs you springtime at your home don't go away
Glendale's biggest home and travel show is coming to Westworld March 28th and 29th. Visit hundreds of home building product and service companies. Bring your plants and compare the best outdoor living and remodeling companies. Explore the Privileges American Express Travel Pavilion for the best prices on your next vacation. Register for vacation giveaways and enter to win 1 million American Express reward points. Don't miss the Scottsdale Home and Travel Show coming to Westworld March 28th and 29th. Free tickets at ExposeAZ.com. That's ExposeAZ.com. If your garage door is acting up, maybe needing an adjustment or just a new door opener, A Better Look Garage Door Company. It's not just a name. A Better Look Garage Door is a promise. When it's time to give your garage door a better look, make your next call to A Better Look Garage Door Company, 602-743-4028. Don't wait. Call the owner, Tom, right now, 602-743-4028. A Better Look Garage Door Company is a veteran-owned family business serving the Phoenix area. A Better Look Garage Door Company. Being in the home improvement business for over 23 years, I have seen my share of bad paint jobs. Hi, this is Steve Dubell. Homeowners become frustrated when the thrill of that low price fades, as does the quality of work completed. How can you tell if the paint job on your house was done right? Because you chose phoenixhousepainting.com residential or commercial interior or exterior no job is too big or too small they are the only company in the valley that offers a 10-year warranty phoenixhousepainting.com should be your choice i know they are mine don't wait call today 623-322-4640 or find them on the web at phoenixhousepainting.com This is Tiffany Hunter, host of the Home Hunters Sunday mornings on ABC 15. And you're listening to Image Home Improvement Live on the Double Wide Network. My fellow Americans, as we face unprecedented economic struggles, I want to offer a handout to the homeowners of Phoenix. Not a monetary handout. Those are for giant corporations who mismanage themselves to the brink of extinction. To the homeowners of Phoenix, I want to offer this handout of advice. You're screwed and you're on your own. So do yourself a favor and tune in to Image Home Improvement Live with Steve Dubell every Saturday morning from 8 to 9 a.m. Hey, Bo, Bo, get, hey, get, get off my leg. Hey, stop it, you dumb mutt. <laughs> All right, Bo is at it again Saturday morning. I wonder if he's out. I wonder if, it's, if there's snow on the ground. Bo's playing in the snow, Dan. Or else he's burrowing through it. Oh, he could be. He could be. He could be. All right. In case you joined us late, you're listening to Image Home Improvement Live right here on the Double White Network. And today we're going to be talking about everything that bugs you. And Dan, I'm sure you got a few things that are bugging you, right? Oh, sure. That, that, and <laughs> Why that, did I ask? And that ain't nice either. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll get into your stuff later. But right now, we want to welcome our guest in studio. And by the way, if you have any uh, questions that you'd like to share during the live show, give us a call at 480-421-0640. 480-421-0640. Program that number in your phone. Dial it right up, and uh, Mike will get you good, take all taken care of. And besides that, we didn't even mention, you know, Mike behind the sneeze guard, Dan. That's right. You know, everybody. Mike, 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 Mike. Mike, 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 Mike. <laughs> it's, it's not even Wednesday in hump day. It's Saturday. But uh, anyway, let's uh, welcome Scott to the show. Scott Warner, what the hell is going on here this morning? This goes on every Saturday, Scott. What can I tell you? 
I mean, if you haven't, if Sounds you typical, we're going to be giving <laughs> giving good information, but we want to make sure that we have, you know, as long as you have to work, you might as well have fun while you're working. Amen. Amen. So, Scott, tell us a little bit about uh, your company, SNS Pest Control. But before we get into all those things that bug Dan, <laughs> well, basic brief synopsis is I've worked in the industry for about twenty five years. I uh, worked for one of the largest companies in the valley for twenty. And uh, when it was taken over, I kind of went in a different direction and just started something up on my own. Hey, that's the way that, you know, that's the American independent way. If you don't like what's coming on, tip your hat and say goodbye. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've got to, you've got to do when, when, when the, the, uh, the work that you do kind of leads you in another direction. I remember that when I moved into Arizona, I was working for a, uh, in my other life, one of them, anyway, I know I've had a few. In my other life, we were working for uh, an air freight, um, nationwide air freight and trucking company, but they didn't have a presence here in the Phoenix market. They had a presence in L.A., so I was commuting to L.A., working in L.A. for f- four or five days a week and coming home on the weekend. I just After a year and a half, it just burnt me out, and then it was time to, like, you know, it's time to start Image Home Improvement and get and get the show on the road and be a you know in control of my own destiny. And I'll tell you what, looking back on it for like twenty four years, I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't trade going back working for somebody else. It's it's so much better. You know, you have your own heartaches and your ups and downs, but guess what? Um, you know, if I fire myself one morning, I can hire myself you can back. The next. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Some days I just want to fire myself, and I'll rehire myself in the morning. Fire the new guy. <laughs> no, Dan. Now that means that Dan wants to fire himself because he wants to go play eighteen, and then he comes back <laughs> in the go. afternoon. And yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll go back and do some inspections. No. <laughs> anyway, but Scott, tell you know, some of the things that your company handles. Uh, obviously, you know, in Southwest, there's a a lot of things that probably don't show up in a lot of the Midwest and in uh, the East. Cause I got to tell you the first time I came out here when I was moving in the transition, a very good friend of mine that used to uh, actually lived in Phoenix. He was a cross country trucker actually told me, he said, Steve, when you move out here and you live out here, you have to make sure every morning you take your shoes before you put your shoes on, you take them and you flip them upside and bounce them just to make sure that nothing crawled like a scorpion went in your shoe. Mm. And I'm like, a what? <laughs> a scorpion? I said, yeah. And, so, and I got to tell you, the very first time I saw them, you know, uh, live, not just in pictures, it was uh, it was uh, uh, an experience. Let me hey, tell you. My big shocker is when I was in one of our Asian countries and a centipede the size of a snake came bump, bumping out of my boot. And that made me do it. That was one of those... <gasps> But <laughs> <laughs> those little sneaky things, well, that looks like, the, remember the gypsy moths we used to have back east on the trees in the springtime? They used to, those little, looked like, it looked like a caterpillar, mm-hmm. just, you know, crawling in the trees. They make the cocoon, and all of a sudden, you know, a couple of weeks later, they fly out, and they're butterflies, and they're gone. That's right. But when they're caterpillar, they are, they, they, they just, they're an ugly mess. They're gross. Yeah, yeah they're gross. That's true. <laughs> That's an old term from my, from our school days. But... You know, and and what let's let's talk about termites for a minute because termites obviously are something that we Dan and I see a lot of, especially in he, when we do remodeling and we're always on the lookout for termite damage when we do a remodel if we strip walls down and start moving some things around. But uh, this past week, I'm sure the termite population was applauding because they had rain and termites love rain when things are wet. 
Right. It's the the rain and the warmth, you know, the temperature change uh, will trigger the termites to become more active and start foraging for food sources. And that's where you'll see the mud tubes, you know, going up your foundation walls. Right. Now, Dan, you've seen some mud tubes in your day. Oh, yeah. Some of those wider than my thumb and going, doing uh, what they call uh, exploratory tubes. Yeah. All the way up black walls, all the way up till they find maybe a box or some books in a house. And then they kind of somehow just cross over. And then on they go. They're going to chew on anything cellulose. Yep. Hey, uh, it's really surprising, you know, people that lived in Arizona their entire lives and they don't even know what to look for. Oh, I know. I mean, when you, I, how many times I go into somebody's house and I said, by the way, did you know, he says, come here, do you know you have termites? How do you know? And then you tell them, well, look, there's the tube right well, there's here. There's the tube hanging from and, the drywall. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know four what, feet long. You know what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and that's half. Uh, <laughs> tubes come down out of your ceiling and they, and, and they are termite tubes. They're tunneling. And whether they're hanging in midair or not, they've come through from the wood. You know, and, and you know, the one thing you know when you see them coming from the ceiling, you know they've been there for a while because they've come up all the way up your wall across to wherever, and so they've been they've been in your house for a while. I mean, like that one house I did a few weeks ago that I was going through all these bad trusses, and the other and one bad truss was so bad that it crunched under my foot, and I cleared away the insulation, and it was nothing but used Outer, to be bored. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, there are certain parts of the wood that termites won't consume. So that's right. Knots. No nuts. Uh, no. No, 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 they don't like nuts. nuts. Nutty nuts? pine, no. No, no? No, okay. no naughty pine, no. Do you know the one thing, you know, I did, Scott and I did some work on a remodel, um, oh, it must have been about two years ago now, maybe three, two and a half, okay, when we were doing um, some uh, this renovation for television, and we actually found when we cleared debris away from the side of the house, I, I mean, you'd think that, okay, if they were tunneling, you'd think, okay, I see them on the house. But did you ever think that you would see them in, like, wood debris on the side of the house laying on the ground? But when we lifted them up, these boards and stuff that were laying in, they must have been laying there for a long time, were completely chewed up. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. How did this happen? These things actually chewed and went into wood that was just laying on the ground. And, yeah, I mean, it looked pretty pretty uh, intense when you see how much how much wood they actually ate, and this was just scraps. Well, in nature, you know, the nature of a termite is to forage, you know, random forage and find wood in the ground. Um, that's kind of what their job is, is to break down the wood so that you could have new growth. And, oh, you know, over time, and thousands and thousands of years, termites have been around doing That's the their job? Thing. Yeah. I mean, when a tree falls in the forest, eventually it's going to, you know, get chewed up by something, either ants or termites. Yeah, so it's it's called I guess it's called nature's way of mulching, recycling, mulching, recycling. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, when you think about where it comes through, what you know, unfortunately, a lot of times you don't know um, if termites are actually chewing on the inside of your home until they actually you see telltale signs of it. Whereas on the outside, you see them on your stem wall, you know, like people turn around and say, well, how do I know? You always need to check your garage. Any place where there's an expansion board in your foundation, especially like where your garage slab meets your foundation slab, they have notoriously habits of they just find their way up through the ground. And uh, like that, like they always say, you know, there's two kinds of homes in Arizona. Got them or get them. You, you, those, you, have them you, or those are going to get them. That's exactly right. You're going to get them because eventually they will find your house. Trust yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, even houses that were built in the 50s or were, 
we're treated with a what a what's called chloridine. It's a chlorinated hydrocarbon, and it's you know noted to last fifty, seventy five, a hundred years. Uh, at that point, you know, fifty years ago, we're at the fifty so, mark wait, now. See, what, yeah, well, it's what, past fifty, so you know those older homes are susceptible to termites. Well, you know, the old saying goes, you know, they keep. This is what everybody forgets because when they hear it, they go like, "Oh, wow, that's really great." You know, I said it'll 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 last for fifty years, okay? But the problem is, will it be as effective at fifty years old as it was? With it at the ten years or fifteen years, and the answer is no. It's not going to work because of because of rain and just environmental factors yeah. of you know new soil, soil being turned over next to the house, or plants being injected or water being injected. Yeah, it's usually just, the exterior on those structures that mm-hmm. are susceptible first, yep. because under slab it just doesn't get disturbed. And you know, I've been unless on termi- you have a sewer leak. Well, yeah, <laughs> but I've been on jobs where we've you know cut out slabs inside the house. And you could actually still smell the chloridine in the soil. Ooh. That's fifty years later. Wow! I bet you can't you can't get that kind of smell these days with the, all the most of the, the termiticides we use nowadays have no odor. I mean, they're it's a new te- new chemistry and a new technology, a new way of controlling termites where you don't repel them away from the structure. You really want to invite them into that treated area because the termites then pick up the product and carry it back to the colony and minimize the colony population to where it cannot forage. Forage and, and go in new places. Right. Well, it, it takes a, you know, a colony of 30,000 termites or whatever and minimizes it down to a colony of 5,000 or 3,000 termites, and they really can't support the rest of the colony by feeding and, and foraging. You know, That's right. You know, see, somebody who created that one episode of Star Trek on the Borg when they tried to infest the Borg population – Sounds just like the termites. That's right. It's the same thing. Same concept. You go back and you infest them, then they, they all die and go away. Well, a, a, a termite <laughs> queen can live up to like 20 years. That that long? Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. And yeah. you think 20 years, it's, it's almost as long as, a, as, a, as if you had a dog that lived to a ripe old age. Yeah. That's amazing. Or a horse. It's not as long as the queen. My father got a horse is 38 years old. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. (laughs) All right. We're going to take a short break. On the other side, we're going to come back, and we've got a story for you about a bee infestation. And guess what? Bees are coming. It's getting warm. And Dan and I found them. And Scott is advised. Scott is going to get rid of the infestation. So don't go away. We've got to tell you all about it when we return. Nice shot. Thanks. This room is awesome. Yeah, Debbie and I wanted a rec room, and with the way property values keep going, who can afford to buy a new place? Tell me about it. So we just had Steve over at Image Home Improvement and close the patio and make the shelf for the TV, so... So take your next shot. (laughs) Right. What about your family room? Yeah, but the kids are always playing their video games and everyone watches TV in there. I wanted my own space, and I've always wanted a pool table. How'd you talk Debbie into it? She uses it more than I do. Cheryl and I love the outside. Do you think we could just get the patio screened in? Sure. Image Home Improvement just did the Johnson's house. They love it. No mosquitoes. Exactly. And Chris says they're enjoying their outside a lot more at night. You should do it. Just go to imagehomeimprovement.com. The name says it all. Steve came over, gave us an estimate, and, well, you see how it looks. Can't tell it wasn't here the whole time. Yep. Your shot. Imagehomeimprovement.com. 
Add to your space. Enclose your patio. Go to imagehomeimprovement.com. Most of us have our charity of choice that we give from the heart to support. Did you ever wonder, where does the money go? How much do I really know about the charity I support? Where can I go and learn more about these nonprofit organizations? Every Monday at 1 p.m., the Nonprofit Journal Live with Dee Simula is your source for this information. Know the report before you support. Donate wisely, not just from the heart. Remember, Mondays at 1 p.m., the Nonprofit Journal Live with Dee Simula on the Double Wide Network. Sometimes you start a project with great intentions, and then it keeps getting bigger, and nothing makes sense, and it grows out of control. So how do you get all the parts and pieces in sync together? Fix it. Image Home Improvement. When it's time to call in a professional, go to imagehomeimprovement.com. This is Chris Grundy, host of DIY Network's Cool Tools. Now, if you need home improvement help, you need to listen to Image Home Improvement Live with Steve Dubell every Saturday morning, baby. Woo! All right, we're excited. It's Saturday morning, and we are talking what's bugging Dan. No, <laughs> we're talking about pest control hey, today. Hey, I showered today. We don't want to go there. <laughs> okay. And we are talking about everything that's uh, creepy, crawly, bugging you, and we we just got done talking a little bit about termites. And, again, you know, termites, um, there have been a lot of different things throughout the years that um, – you know, I remember way back when I bought my, my bought my first home, one of the first things that I had bought, I remember, was a Centricon system. And I think we've grown beyond that now into using, you know, products like Termidor and actually making, uh, like you said, trying to get the uh, all the, uh, the uh, termites that come into your home, take all that material and that all that good stuff that – like Termidor has, go back and just knock out the colony. But what about those systems that they you plug in the side of the house and it's supposed to put the uh, chemical through those little tubes all the way through the house? Well, you know, my thought on that is when you have those tubes running through your walls, you know, it's basically for pest control, um, but you also blow in insulation and put insulation in your walls at, right over those tubes. So when you inject pesticide in there, uh, really, I mean, you're only injecting maybe six to ten ounces of chemical to go throughout the whole house. Where's that going to go? I mean, you know what six it's ounces sucked of up chemical in the insulation? Is. Yeah, it's never going to reach the point where the pests enter the structure. No. So, you know, a traditional pest control service on the exterior of the home should be able to solve any pest problems you're having. Because to me, it seems like you're just pumping poison into the house. Yeah, and you're not it's putting going to hurt the people the, more than it will the pests. In today's technology, you want to treat where the pests enter and where they live versus mm-hmm. just, I mean, with a lot of the pesticides, they've changed the labeling where you can't even broadcast spray it anymore. It's really restrictive. I mean, you mm-hmm. have to treat crack and crevice. You have to treat one foot up, three foot out. Um, there's a couple of products on the market that you can power spray the whole yards, but, you know, you don't need to. It's a waste of chemical. That's amazing. All right. Let's talk a little bit about bee removal. And I'm going to lay this story out here, what we found. The other day, we're working on this renovation project at this house that had a, had a fire. 
and it did have some water damage, and we had this rain this week, so I actually went by, just wanted to check and see um, how bad the damage was, if it got any worse, because we hadn't had a chance to go up on the roof yet and fix and do the repair. But in the course of going up to checking it out, you know, a lot of times when uh, leaks happen in your home, the drywall gets so wet that it almost looks like the texture gets actually gets soft and it and it actually it runs like a paint would run down a wall if you put a glob there it would start to run down the wall or or water and but what happened was I said let me go to, I went to touch the wall to see if it was dry or if it was fresh and when I touched the wall the wall was sticky your hand got stuck my hand got yeah it almost yeah it was it was that sticky I'm like this isn't good and I know from a fact cuz this customer that I've had for at least 8 years now we painted their house years ago, and I remember when we took out the Vegas in her home, because it was an old Santa Fe-style home, we filled it in, blended the texture in, and painted the house that she had had bee problems in her house once before. So I'm thinking to myself, this is serious. Let me call Dan. We'll check and see. And we'll check the extent of the leak through use of the infrared technology that we use when we locate leaks to see where the origins were, and we'll see where we're at. But I got a feeling that there's something else going on in this wall because water doesn't make your drywall feel sticky when it gets wet. Uh-uh. I got a feeling that there are bees in this wall. So Dan came in with the infrared, and we shot the wall with the infrared in multiple places to find that there was bees inside the wall in both places, there and was, they were see, active. It showed up as excessive mass. Right. And excessive it had mass. A, un, and it was uneven, and yeah. it had its own trail. So yeah. that's what, you know, I've done bees before, and that's what I know what to look for. And uh, it's it, it's un, ununiform. It has a flow to it, and it, you know, could it, can, it gave both conditions. And then the point that it came out was right at the tail end of right. that, that, that trail you could see. On, on the infrared. Right. Now, what really looks like for our listeners to give you, paint you a picture of what this this mass looks like, if you ever seen a, like, for instance, a tornado where you've got this big, this big cloud on top with a tail at the bottom coming down where it hits the ground, that's what the, that's what the infrared showed and what it looked like. And it was just, it was just huge. And I'm like, looking at this thing with Dan, I'm like, that's all bees. So the next thing I did was I Bees picked up slash nest a nest. Okay, so next thing I did, I called up Scott. Scott went over yesterday, inspected it, and tell our listeners what you found. Well, the entry point that we'll start with that is uh, on the s- southwest side of the house. There's a scupper for the flat roof, mm-hmm. and when I inspected that, there was old wax buildup from previous hives, and whoever resolved that issue back whenever. They never scraped off the, all of it, so it will track the bees. So I climbed up there and looked around. I mean, I didn't put a bee suit on or anything because they weren't, they weren't Africanized. And I could see inside the scupper where they had put the stucco around there, and there's a little hole in there. And the bees were going into that entry, that point right there and then going down into, in the that, wall. into the parapet wall or into the wall inside the house. Uh, on the front side, which is the northwest corner of the house, uh, the bees were going up under the flashing of where the stucco meets the tile roof, right. and 
generally when they do that, they go up into those parapet walls and they build the honeycombs inside of the cavities. Uh, yeah. Now I remember, you know, it's similar, similar problem. We had did a, uh, exterior garage build out at a house up in desert hills which is um, way north of of the city of phoenix and when we were doing it the homeowner had told me that they had a similar situation and the guy who actually took care of it actually had cut out the intersection of the parapet wall above the roof line and it had to be at least four feet maybe five feet long by about two feet wide and when we were doing the stucco on the new garage, he asked me to go back up there and rebuild it because he he did exactly what you had just described. He had to, he had to go in and clean it all out. Now the stucco's gone, so we had to make it all nice and watertight again. But you have to get the hive out because obviously killing the bees or just going up there and spraying them and thinking that when they don't show up that they're they're gone. They've left all this wax in the wall, and that, like you said, attracts. New bees oh, yeah. to come back in. It's loaded with pheromones. Yeah, uh, and you know it can go. It can stay dormant for a year or two years. And bees are, you know, when they swarm and travel, they the, they'll land in an area, and scouts will go out looking for a place for them to build a hive. And if they, you know, they're going to be attracted to those pheromones. And they'll actually just take up the old honeycomb. And this could this could happen, like you say, two years later after it oh, was certainly. eradicated, yeah. as long as it didn't take it out? If you don't remove the hive or seal off the area right. so they don't have access, which they didn't seal off that area, um, and they didn't remove the hive, and the honey that you're seeing running down the walls is probably not from the active bees that are there now because you know bees are going to keep that honey to a point where it doesn't run off. So, you know, that that was a problem before. Yeah. So basically what we're going to do is Scott is going to remove the bees from the wall. And then actually we're going to, and obviously what that means we have to do that, we're going to actually, you know, section out sections of drywall to get the, to get all of the, the remnants of all this wax out of the wall. And then we're going to repair the drywall as we're building the, you know, rebuilding the other garage and then once it's all done, the texture is all fine on the inside. I'm actually going to have our, our guy who's coming in. He's going to shoot uh, insulating foam in the wall cavities where both of these nests were so that this way the wall cavities completely closed up. And then when our, our, um, our painter comes in and starts doing the exterior, uh, John from phoenixhousepainting.com will come in and seal up the outside where the scuppers are. This way, there's no chance that these uh, ports of entry will still be there, and they'll be gone, and hopefully forever. Well, it's not to say that the bees will show up somewhere else in that house, because, oh, yeah. you know, those two entry points are, you know, they're going to be in other areas in that house, so. Well, we're going to be looking, we're going to be looking for other areas, but I got to tell you, uh, it was pretty, uh, it's pretty impressive. You know, we've seen a lot of infrareds where water shows up, and it, it and for those of you who have never seen an infrared or what, describe what we're talking about, if you've ever seen the movie Predator, and when Predator's looking at Arnold Schwarzenegger and he sees, you know, it it actually see you see heat as red in color, water shows up or cooler air, cooler things show up blue, 
Blue and then and then purple uh, and, and purple if it's soggy wet. Yes, <laughs> well, you know, but the, but the, the actual picture that Dan took of these bees in the wall, actually, the center part of that funnel cloud with the tail on it that we talked about, actually shows as purple. So you got to know that these things are it's pretty intense in that in that in that wall. But again, you've got to know what you're looking for. So you know. If some people, you know, Dan, so many people have turned around. Well, you know, now that infrared technology, when Dan was one of the first people I ever knew who actually utilized infrared technology in his business for home inspections. But now people say, well, we can go out, you know, they make it available for the average homeowner. And they think they can use it on their iPhone. And they, yeah, and they, it's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. It's thing. not the same kind of thing. It also takes training. Exactly. You need to know what you're looking for. You know, you just can't go back. Oh, wow, look at this. You know, you're waving. I call it gun wavers. Gun, That's gun. the same with bee, bees. You know, you got homeowners that are do-it-yourselfers that try to resolve the issue, and they usually make it worse. They get stung. And they get stung. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I get stung, too, but, you know, it, it's just a Well, it's, it it's just a matter of, you know, that's part of the job. Well, let's, I just don't get stung a lot. Well, let's put it this way. I the first The first time we ever heard of bees at this house, the first time, like I said, uh, we painted this house probably about eight years ago. And when we took those Vegas out, I got to believe that those bees were probably, and I've seen this happen, where the Vegas get so worn and so decayed because they weren't they weren't taken care of throughout the years. When the house got painted, the bees actually go in and live in the Vega, in that round piece of wood that sticks in the wall. And if they get in far enough, they'll get in the wall and then you have these kind of problems. But the first time he saw the, the the painters back eight years ago, they called me up on the phone and he said, Steve, we have to stop. And I'm like, it's 12 o'clock. Why are you stopping? It's not 120 outside. What's wrong? He said, no, we, we uncovered some bees. And all of a sudden we saw the bees and we flew off the ladders and jumped in the van and closed the doors because they were coming. Yeah, those were the Africanized. Those, those were the common. aggressive ones. Yeah. So, and this is at the same house. So that's when I th- saw this yesterday. I'm like, hmm, how can you tell the difference between a regular bee and an Africanized bee? The industry at this point, because of you know what we have and how close we are, uh, that we just consider them all Africanized. I mean, the European, the Africanized, uh, the Africanized have pretty much taken over all the Europeans. So, I mean, if you go up and bang on the wall and they don't come flying out at you, you can pretty the, much... Oh, that's a great you. thought. Hey, let's go bang hey, on the I've wall. I've done that before. That's how I find out. Hey, that's what I did out in Rio Verde one time for a house. You know, I heard this hum because I shut the door to the back. And then all of a sudden I see this cloud outside the window. I'm going, hmm. I went over to it. Uh-huh. Aren't so I went around, I went around out front, got my infrared, came into the bed, back to this master bedroom, shot the wall, and it was a nice big U-shape. Oh, wow. Well, and then yeah. I went, boom, boom, boom. The guys <laughs> working with uh, power tools uh, huh? on job sites, they if they're Africanized, oh, they set oh. themselves up because they go right after them. That's like well, those, you know, it's like those jumping fish in that river. <laughs> those, did we those miss carp, that? Did we yeah, miss those that? Those carp that just jump out of the, oh, jump into okay. the boats. Okay. Yeah. You know, the, you know the, the sound of the motors uh, irritate them. They go jump at it. And the same thing bees do. They oh, go that's after easy the sound. fishing. Well, that's actually, easy it's pretty fishing, dangerous. Yeah. Those things are big and they're dangerous. Well, you know, one of the Where things too. Hat? 
<laughs> we're on it. But one of the things that, you know, uh, we, we, the first word that we got there, and, and again, it's something that if you, again, I can't stress enough to be able to walk around your home at least once a month looking for things that don't look normal, like looking for termite tubes is one. The other thing, if you see bees in an area, like outside a corner of your home, like we had first noticed the area that first knew that we had bees problem at this house was the one right in the northwest corner, which went in underneath that piece of flashing. Well, what happened was when we just recently ran new uh, electrical service from the APS transformer over to where the new meter location was, first thing Sean from Mr. Electric called me up. He said, Steve, by the way, you know I have bees over here? And I'm like, really? He said, yeah. He says, they're around the wall where we actually had to t- – demo part of a perimeter wall because we had to do some trenching. He said, just be careful when you go over here. And sure enough, they found bees were hanging around. And I'll show Scott later, too, when we go over there. Right near the meter, there's a parapet wall that runs around the front of the patio. And there's a gap between the house and the wall right below the meter. And they're hanging around over there because the homeowner years ago, I guess they decided that the best thing to do was foam the gap closed. Because they were yeah, just I've hanging out. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. There could be another hole over there, too. I don't know, but it's something we need to check out just in case because when we start painting, I don't want to have any more. I don't want to have any guys flying off the ladder. Does that, does that mean painting. the bees that were in the wall, in the wall were foam alone? <laughs> and with that, we go to Brenda. No. <laughs> Mike, bum. save us. <laughs> bum, ba, da, bum. <laughs> oh, Dan, what are we going to do with you? I don't know. You want the truth? You want the truth? You can handle the truth. All right, we'll be right back. More with Scott Stafford from SNS Pest Control. And uh, well, I got to run down to the car and see if I get some more medication for Dan. Don't go away. <laughs> When you buy a car, you want to see that car's history, whether it's new or used. Why should buying a home be any different? DEC Inspections can provide you with the inspection you need to have peace of mind when purchasing your next home. Call today, 602-308-8722. That's 602-308-8722. If you've been thinking of replacing or upgrading those kitchen cabinets or appliances in your home, even though they're still in good shape, then I have a solution for you. Stardust Building Supplies is a 501c3 organization recycling such things as kitchen cabinets, toilets, doors, windows, tubs, and more. Remember, one man's trash is another woman's treasure. They have three convenient valley locations, 51st Avenue and Northern in Phoenix, Alma School and Broadway in Mesa, and 40th Street and Thunderbird in Phoenix. Net profits from Stardust stores support their Angels on Call program, which provides free home repairs to qualified low-income homeowners in the Phoenix metro area. Last year, Angels on Call helped over 100 homeowners with their necessary home repairs. Let's do our part for the green movement. Give Stardust Building Supplies a call today, 480-668-0566, or visit them on the web at stardustbuilding.org. This is Jimmy Johnson, NASCAR driver of the number 48 Lowe's Chevrolet. You're listening to Image Home Improvement Live.
All right, we are back, and you are tuned in to Image Home Improvement live right here on the Double White Network. And we are talking everything that's bugging you, bees, termites. And, you know, one of the things that we want to get into now is obviously some other other pests. You know, one of the things that we're going to be seeing real soon, especially here in Arizona, down in the Arcadia District where all the fruit trees are. Woof wats. Woof wats. That's exactly right. <laughs> Woof wats. Roof rats are going to be prevalent here. And one of the things that you got to be careful of, obviously, with roof rats. And everybody turns around. We know when you see these stories on the news and everything else, roof rats seem to have this uh, tendency to jump. And they can really jump from trees onto your roof and get into nooks and crannies in your roof. And before you know it, you've got extra people, or not extra people, extra living creatures in your house, in your attic. That's right. And that's why we always tell everybody, make sure if you've got trees close to your home, get them trimmed back and then keep as the far fruit. as you can. And then pick up the, pick up the fruit. Yes, and pick keep, up the fruit. And keep it clean. Don't just let it sit there rot because it just says, hello, here's dinner. Let's go to the house. It's exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly right. Scott, how, how serious are a problem are roof rats, even though they seem to be seasonal? They're, they they can be real serious. I mean, the rodent droppings alone, you know, carry disease. And the the rodents carry disease. Um, what what I found is, I found infestations so bad in in the attic that we've had to remove all the insulation to remove the rodent droppings, and mm-hmm. then they have to reinsulate the house. You're not going to sell your house with that kind of condition. No. Oh, well, absolutely. If the inspector actually looks in the attic. <laughs> yeah, well, if you hire Dan, if, he's going to go up there and find it. But if he's a lid lifter, as I call him, he just says, yep, there's the attic, and drops it back down, uh, then, yeah, then you have some issues. Right, right. I mean, rodents are pretty serious, and they are, you know, they're in Scottsdale, they're in Paradise Valley, they're in the Arcadia District. They're all, they're all every place where the shopping malls are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I live on the west side, and we don't have a prevalent problem with roof rats. I mean, we do have the kangaroo rat, the pocket gophers, the Norway rats. I mean, that's basically what we deal with over there. But the the largest rodent population in the United States is the house mouse. Really? Yeah. yeah. Number one. That's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. You've got every area is different. You've got all these different problems. Let's talk a little bit about, obviously, pigeons. Remember our good, remember our good, you remember, you remember our friend, now this is going to date me, but I don't care. You got to go back. Remember the years ago when you were a kid and you used to watch cartoons on Saturday morning and you used to watch Dick Dastardly? Remember oh, Dick yeah. Dastardly? <laughs> Let's get the pigeon. What about the pigeons? Pigeons are, are, are problems because they're everywhere, especially the droppings. And they're, they're as dirty as rats, too. Yeah. And they, yeah. And you talk about roofs and roof problems and roof leaks. Well, get a pigeon infestation on your roof and let them populate up there and have their droppings, you know, go on. Those droppings will eat away that underlayment on a tile roof or asphalt shingle. And if you have a valley, they'll back up the valley and then they'll just hold water. And I've taken, you know, on some uh, cut jobs that I've done, I've taken six to eight inches of uh, bird poop off of the roof. 
And when that gets wet, just think of the added weight it puts on the structure. Plus, and it, the stress. It, it rolls down and gets oh. in the walk path, and then it gets walked into the house. And you carry it off your feet disease. into the house. I had a, I've had a customer that had that problem. She was sick all the time. Well, we came out and resolved the mm. uh, pigeon problem, cleaned up all the droppings, and uh, you know, six mm. months later, she's back to feeling yeah. fine. Yeah. Now, one thing I remember this is going back a couple of years. I remember somebody had called me out because they had a they had a leak in their roof, and we went up and we actually located they had a dormer on top of the roof, and the pigeons were actually stuck underneath. Obviously, it gets hot here. They're looking for shade. They they're not you know they may be dirty, but they're not stupid. They go looking for shade. So they found shade, and the droppings were all underneath the dormer overhang uh, right alongside where it matched up with the roof where the flashing is. And it got so bad, the poof got so bad, it deteriorated the shingles. I mean, it was terrible, and then to the point where that's where the leak came from. That's why I have a picture of it right now of a house I did this week. In the asphalt shingle area where the air conditioner is mounted on the roof, the uh, frame from the air conditioner acted like a dam and has kept catching all the bird poo. And then the shingles deteriorated from that. And then the air conditioner condensate line is, is disconnected. So they've got a home. They've got water. Why should they move? Yeah. Shelter. Yeah, That's yeah shelter. They're yeah, really. Now, a bathroom here, with water. You know, I'm going to – why not? Great Housing's great here in Phoenix. No. Uh, but one thing, actually, we're going to have Scott look at, too, because it just dawned on me while we're talking about it. Now, maybe you could shed some light on this because, obviously, people – you know, one of the things that you see for pigeon deterrence are those spikes that they put up, like, on a header somewhere and to try and keep them away – Okay, but what happens when you have a header beam with all the spikes going across and they're still hanging out? I don't know how they're standing there, but there's poop everywhere. Well, the the spikes have to be installed properly. Um, Spikes are used for loafing and ledges areas. So, you know, you got the edge of a roof or you have the peaks of a roof where the pigeons are actually going to loaf and hang out. Um, they're not going to be used in a nesting area where you have underneath an alcove or, you know, where you have a valley that meets up with another roof. Um, spikes, if they're not installed properly, it they won't work because pigeons only need a small area. And I've seen them pigeons have, you know, two inches behind the spike and they'll land to get back to their, their area where they were. They're just, you know, used to being there. Yeah, well, Scott, I've got a picture. You got to do it right. Of one of those uh, electronic oh, owls. Oh, the owl? Yeah. Yeah, the sits there and goes, and click, 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 click. Click. <laughs> the head moves. Yeah, they get used to those <laughs> yeah, real the, quick. Well, there's poo all over the thing. <laughs> all on top of it, yeah. Yeah. They sat yeah. on there and pooed on it as it moved. It, it's, you know, for that there, you'd have to, if you didn't want them hanging out on the top of the air conditioner, you'd really have to put spike around the edge because they're not going to stand in the middle of that air conditioner. They're going to stand on the edge to look over and, and look down. you said something about some uh, netting? Uh, goes in there? Yeah, that screening materials is used for where they're nesting. You know, pigeons are they like to live in caves. Realistically, that's why they go up underneath the air conditioners, underneath the alcoves, and build their nests. Uh, but you have to screen that off. I mean, the first thing you want to do is clean out the yeah. old material yeah. mm-hmm. and then screen it off. And sometimes we, you know, we might have to capture the birds because once they're born there, they're always going to come back. That's right. Yeah, because that's home. Yeah. I mean, if it's three or four pigeons, it's not a big deal. But if it's 20 or 30 on a roof, you're going to have to do some trapping. That's right. I've seen that on some of these uh, 
you know, when the foreclosures were really happening, these houses would just stand vacant, and you could tell which ones were foreclosures. The birds were pooping on them. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, you get those subdivisions with the two-story houses, yeah. and you drive through them, and you'll see, you know, oh, that guy, he was a do-it-yourselfer because you could look at the screening material, and it was it was really hacked up oh, there. The, and then you go could. next door to the house I did, and it was all nice and clean. You could hardly see it. That's right. But you know, then the next house down didn't do anything. So Yeah. Yeah, I got to tell you, you know, uh, one of the things that uh, it, it's so important, especially, you know, Scott's right. When you turn around and see some of these houses, somebody, again, a homeowner with tools was a dangerous thing. They went to, went to Home Depot or Lowe's or Ace Hardware or somewhere like that. They bought some material and all they did was they cut it, they bent it, and they just stuffed it in. It looked like somebody could have crumpled a piece of newspaper and just oh, stuffed Steve. it up in that, in that cavity underneath the overhang and... You know, maybe they'll stay away. I seen a guy. Uh, he just bought chicken wire. He balled it up into a ball and shoved it into the hole. Didn't even well, cut that was it or a, stay. Well, away. that was real what, original. What about, what about those electrified uh, wires that they string along the uh, the, the ridge? Well, you know, it, even yeah, you don't even need electric wires for. They have shock track for pigeons, uh, more commercial because of the cost. Um, but pigeons, you know, they can't. If you have a, they have wires that you can use on ridge lines, and they're really, really thin, and the pigeons can't roost on them. They can't grab them, so they'll go elsewhere. And you have to stack it at five inches on the top and uh, three inch, three on the other each side, and it'll eliminate that problem. Yeah, because I saw one set to where they actually had a photovoltaic uh, mini panel and a transformer, and this whole system was hooked up to it. And it was very interesting because... When I go to get up on the roof, I hear this snap, snap, snap. I was like, what? And then, then I looked over at the chimney where they had the little panel. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, that's what yeah, they have them where they're solar, too, so you don't have to. I mean, that unit's a little bit more expensive, but you don't have to run wires on from your you know power unit downstairs mm-hmm. up, to your, up the side of your house. I mean, it's effective. It's just surely effective. And they have multiple colors where it can match roof tiles or shingles where you yeah. can't hardly see it. Well, I got to tell you, we could, talk, uh, we could talk forever about pest control, but the clock is upon us. But, Scott, tell our listeners how they can find you. Um, my phone number is 623-455-6929, or you can go to www.snspestcontrol.com. That's right, and if you see the friendly, friendly caterpillar there, that's the friendly kind, not the ones we were talking about earlier. That's so, Willie. Uh, that's Willie. He's got a name. Yeah, Willie. Maybe we should introduce Willie to Palaverde Bob. What do you think, Dan? I don't think Palaverde. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to. No. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, Scott. We want to thank you for all your input today and all your tips, my lord. Make sure if you have any problems at all, and you're in the sound of my voice in the Phoenix. And surrounding uh, city area, make sure you give Scott a call, and uh, we could be checking out that webs the website as well as links to this show on our show later on this morning. So, want to thank you, Scott. Appreciate it. Thanks for having. All me. right. And uh, when we return, we're going to be talking about more of those nasty, as Dan says, leaks can run, but they can hide because Dan is with us. That's right. <laughs> Don't go away. We'll be right back. Monsoon season has passed. 
But the early January and February rains will soon be here. And if you have an older roof, it's just a matter of time before the leaks start appearing as water stains on your home ceiling. Do your home a favor and call Keiko Roofing for their free roof inspection. Their qualified professionals will check your roof and show you where your roof may soon fail or is failing. Keiko Roofing is committed to providing quality service along with the best roofing products. Whether you have a foam, flat, shingle, or tile roof, give Keiko Roofing Systems a call today. 602-944-4600 or keikoroofing.com. Have you been looking for information on your home improvement project? Maybe you've been seeking the right contractor for your remodel work. Don't know which way to turn? Image Home Improvement Live has all those answers and more. You can always catch this contractor doing great work and sharing the best in home improvement information. Remember, Image Home Improvement Live, Saturdays from 8 to 10 on the Double Wide Network. Your answer to all your home improvement needs in the digital age. If you've been thinking of replacing or upgrading those kitchen cabinets or appliances in your home, even though they're still in good shape, then I have a solution for you. Stardust Building Supplies is a 501c3 organization recycling such things as kitchen cabinets, toilets, doors, windows, tubs, and more. Remember, one man's trash is another woman's treasure. They have three convenient valley locations, 51st Avenue and Northern in Phoenix, Alma School and Broadway in Mesa, and 40th Street and Thunderbird in Phoenix. Net profits from Stardust stores support their Angels on Call program, which provides free home repairs to qualified low-income homeowners in the Phoenix metro area. Last year, Angels on Call helped over 100 homeowners with their necessary home repairs. Let's do our part for the green movement. Give Stardust Building Supplies a call today, 480-668-0566, or visit them on the web at stardustbuilding.org. The following takes place between 9 a.m. and 10 a.m. You're listening to Image Home Improvement Live. And now, here's Steve. All right, and we are back. Hour number two, Image Home Improvement Live, right here on the Double White Network. And in case you joined us late, Lord knows we've got all kinds of things going on. As they say, we're taking the show on the road, Dan. Uh-oh. Yep, absolutely. Next Saturday, for those of you who didn't hear our announcement earlier, a Scottsdale Home and Travel show uh, coupled with a home furnishing and design show at Westworld in Scottsdale, Saturday, March 28th, uh, 10 to 5, and then Sunday, March 29th, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., Westworld of Scottsdale. And what rather place would you rather be, Dan? Of course, Westworld. On a golf course. Well, yeah. (laughs) That goes without saying. You know, I mean, you're only a stone's throw from a TPC, but come on. (laughs) But anyway, no, we're going to be doing our show live from the the show, as well as we're going to be talking to all the attendees. And we invite all of you to share your homeowner horror stories uh, from your actually with – Maybe that contractor that you weren't so happy with the last time, and we want to hear about what you what you actually had gone through because these are the things we want to share with all our listeners to actually help them prevent 
them making the same mistake. And what better way to do it, unfortunately, when some people do uh, fall prey to contractors that are out there that uh, are just uh, doing bad stone, things. Just you know? a stone's throw from Palo Verde Bob. Yes. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean and, and before we get started with, you know, um, the the week of the leak. The, the week of the leak or Did leak get, of the week? Well, either way, it works both ways. <laughs> but, uh, you know, t- technically, you know, talking about, you know, bad, um, unscrupulous contractors, we, you know, Image Home Improvement, uh, my company, were actually working with a homeowner who actually had a problem with um, a previous contract. Now, you think about some of these things. This person actually, some of just some of the paperwork that I've seen, that she shared with me. She called me out. She wanted me to actually go through the list. There was a um, a three-page directive from the Registrar of Contractors on problems that were done by a contractor who actually worked on her home over, oh, probably about a year and a half to two years ago. Now, think about that. Somebody came and did work on your home, and you've been going through pain and agita, you know, for those of you back east who know what that means, Ajita, you know, upset stomach. Time for a Tums. Time for a Tums because <laughs> the, the stress and the aggravation that you've had because somebody didn't, you know, didn't take the care that they should have when they did the work on your home. And she had gotten so upset, she actually went to the registrar contractors for help. And they actually found out that uh, this person that she hired actually um, – didn't have an didn't have a current contractor license. It was revoked, mm. and they had all kinds of complaints. And you know who knows if he got fined or not. But the bottom line was, I had a three page list that I had to go through to actually help remedy, so we can go back and fix her home, so that she could resume her normal life and routine and not be stressed out by what this guy. The guy actually got, went back and put a roof again. Talking about leaks. There were leaks in this roof. They went back and put a new roof on. They didn't do it right. And now she had leaks around the uh, evaporative cooler, leaks around the air conditioning ductwork because the units were mounted up on the roof. Um, in valleys that weren't done properly, they weren't flashed properly. She's got water. And she's got an old home, which is done in plaster, not in drywall. So she's oh. got, she's got you know, plaster has a couple of blessings. Plaster will resist water intrusion from the attic a little bit longer than drywall. But the problem is after a while, it, it gets bad. And when it does get bad, like hers is, you've got to go back and fix it. It's not t- – it's not – There's it's, not that many plasterers th- around it, anymore. It, exactly. And you can't just go in there and just say, just scrape it clean and just be done with it. You've got to go out and get a plaster person to go back and fix it. That's right. You know, because inside that plaster, you've got – like you do stucco, you've got metal lath inside the plaster that's, you know, now all of a sudden you got a sag problem. Well, you know, you got to fix it. That's so right. It gets, but, the, but the one saving grace about plaster is it doesn't mold. This is true. This is true. That's so, the one saving grace. You know, so, um, and also, uh, I've never seen a termite track on a uh, track on a on piece a, of plaster. On a piece of plaster. So, you know, again, you know, they, there is something to be said for years ago when they used to do that type of that work, just plastering it all. You know, it, it just took. That's it, an art. It's it's definitely it's and it's absolutely probably it's going to be a lost art eventually. Yeah, because, you have to go to the nursing home to find guys that'll do it. 
Hey, can you come out of retirement and come do a plaster repair job for me? Wait a minute. Yeah. Oh, but you don't have your license. Up. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> You're out of luck. But uh, no, seriously, um, it's it's a problem that homeowners have, and that we are constantly, actually, you know, working to um, not not have our profession smeared like that because you get these people going out doing all the wrong things, giving giving um, our profession a bad name. Though it is, I have to tell you, though, you know, when I get done with it, I can sleep at night. But, you know, if these people are out there and they're doing this kind of work, you know, it's it's good for me because it's good for business. But, you know, I don't want to I don't want to see homeowners go through grief like that. that's the wrong type of trickle down economics. Yes, that's just that's, not, that's yeah. the wrong kind. Just like all these leaks, there's trickle down economics for me. <laughs> that's right. And they trickle down from the roof. That's it. Actually, right. Now, this or week, they flood from underneath in a in a basement. Oh, my God. Now, that's another story, too, as far as leaks. We're talking about leaks today because it was, we did have some serious rain this week here, obviously, through storms moving in. Um, and then, fortunately enough, here in the southwest, it's not that bad when weather comes uh, through here because, it you know, we don't get, you know, 10 feet of snow. But we do usually get a lot of rain, flash floods. The washes up near where the Dubell compound is are running like crazy when it rains a lot. When it flash floods, is not we don't get as many leaks as we get the nice, slow, soaking rains. Right. Then we get some calls. Yeah, absolutely. Because, it's, you know, after two or three hours of just a light, gentle soaking rain, it comes right through. I know. And I was talking with Ernie, uh, our good uh, – Friend from Keiko Roofing, one of our great sponsors, actually, and he was just the other day after we had that rain. He was just like, he's like, I have two days worth of work crammed into one because he lost the day because of the rain because you couldn't go up on roofs because it was raining so hard. So actually, all the inspections he had to do get pushed to the next day, and they just like when rain comes, it's just like he goes he goes nuts for like a couple of weeks before the time they get all of them. It, to be able just to go see and then go back and schedule. Now, one of the houses that Dan and I actually went to go see uh, last week, which was a flat roof, which definitely had some problems. Now, this particular flat roof wasn't squishy like he had mentioned earlier in the show, but this roof definitely had some water intrusion inside the flat roof. And when you think about it, well, how could that be? You have a foam roof. There's water ponding on the top, but guess what? The infrared, again, infrared is your friend. I'm going mm-hmm. to put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> infrared technology is your friend. And because we can see water in between the layers of foam. And this what happened. This Actually, this um, house had decay underneath. And, and who knows, Dan? You know, I know she said that she had the roof clean not too long ago. But let's be honest. When you look at the roof... It had so much, so many leaves on it. I think it was maybe the leaves that were maybe back when uh, the market crashed in 2008. I mean, it was that, they had that many. I think on so much was not ago. done. That's why there was uh, those beer cans up there. They just went up and took, took a break. Cans. Remember those beer cans I know. up there? They just went up there and took a break and, you know, scuffled around a little bit and make it sound like they were doing something. Yeah, but there was a lot going on up there. I mean, and there were pockets in the roof that Dan's infrared showed up water within the roof. And it's no wonder that it came through. And what's scary is that sometimes when you have roof leaks, water comes through and Lord knows you see water coming through around your ceiling fan or your light that's in the ceiling. 
Or the chandelier that's right over your bed. A chandelier right over your bed, and you wake up to you wake up to the morning. You think that all of a sudden you you wake up to like Drip. drops Drip. on your head. So, you know, you're not being waterboarded. You're home. Not a good <laughs> thing. No, that's right. But it could feel like that if it got too intense. So you've got to be careful. You got to be careful. But some of these things, when the leaks happen, uh, you've got to you've got to take care of them. And you, obviously, um, and these kinds of rains that happen out here will definitely do it to you. But the thing that, you know, like you were saying, this stuff has to have been there a while for that flat roof because it just didn't happen that with this one rain. That stuff has to work its way through the material. It has to work its way and find, you know, and create the path. After two or three rains, then it shows up. So it's been there. It's been working on it, my God, a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And then these things don't don't take – that's why it's important – to actually go back and, you know, at least once a year, if you want to have peace of mind, or every few years, have your your contractor that actually did your roof, because obviously most companies either have like a five or ten year warranty, depending on what your roof is. If you have a tile roof and you're in a warmer climate, therefore your underlayment is what is actually you're going to take the most wear because the tile will last probably probably outlast you while you're living at that house anyway. And uh, tile, usually they tell you lasts for like 50 years. But the underlayment, if you get 15 out of it, you know. You're lucky. You, you're lucky. So you've got yeah. to be careful about that. And when that does happen, you've got to get the roofer to come in and remove the underlayment. You've got to move the tiles. He's got to shift it around. More or less play you know, like musical chairs with your tile. And move it around so this way he can replace the underlayment and then put all the tile back on. And, and then the ones he breaks hides. <laughs> no, no, the ones that you break. You usually break about when you do that. You usually go back and have about take uh, five, you figure in five or ten percent for mm-hmm. breakage and missing tiles. So therefore, you know, and if you can't find something that matches, if they stop making it, you actually have to. We go. We make our visit to the boneyard, the tile boneyard. Down, down in South Phoenix, and yep. they've got, like, all kinds of stuff down there. But the question is, will they have enough of what you need? You don't know. It all depends on what kind of tile you have. Remember those houses out there in West in the West Valley that have the blue-black tile? They even had that down there. Blue tile. They even had that. Blue tile. Yeah. What a, what a concept. <laughs> <laughs> blue tile on the roof. It looked cute, but it was like... Go replace it. Yeah, it, go find it. That's the problem. So you make sure that you take, again, use a reputable contractor. If you need somebody, make sure you use Keiko Roofing. And they will actually, they've been here in the Valley since 1994, and they will come out and take a look at your roof. They'll inspect it. They'll give you a fair assessment. If there is nothing wrong with it, they will tell you. They will not turn around and tell you, well, you need this, you need that. They take pictures. They come down. They show you exactly what's going on. That's what I do when I go up and do inspections up in areas that I know the homeowner can't see. Well, we're, we did. this is what we did. This is what we found. And this way you know, okay, I see what you're talking about now. And it's not just 
you know, it's backed up by fact. Like Dan has backed up by fact things that he finds in homes. Even if you can walk up to it, I take pictures of it, put circles, arrows, and explanations. Exactly. So this, <laughs> yeah, I mean, how could you go wrong? That's why that. That's why. Uh, that's why. That, that's why the report's forty-five pages long. And that's a short one. And that's a short one. But you know, that was just a brief. That wasn't the full. <laughs> oh, I see. All right, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to look for some more running leaks. Don't go away. Chances are, when it's time to call a service professional, you need someone right away. Who can you call for those electrical problems fast? The answer is Mr. Electric, a licensed, bonded, and insured company serving the Valley of the Sun since 2000. Some of their residential and commercial services include expert troubleshooting, replacing an outlet, hanging a ceiling fan, or upgrading your electric service, and much more. Rest assured, all work is guaranteed. Call today for your appointment, 480 480- Five zero three one three three nine. You can find them on the web at phoenixmetro.mrelectric.com. Remember, at Mr. Electric, we have the power to make things better. You're listening to the Double Wide Network, where you can host your own radio show. If you're looking for a way to get out your message, welcome to the future. Dave Pratt's Double Wide Network offers you the opportunity to use our state-of-the-art studio to create your very own radio show. Our experienced and helpful production staff will help you every step of the way. Our free mobile app allows your listeners to take your show with them and play it live or on demand. Even if you're not in Arizona, we've got you covered with Skype technology so you can broadcast from anywhere in the world. Whether you're in it to grow your business, make a statement, deliver a message, or just have fun hosting your own show, the Double Wide Network can make it happen. The Double Wide Network always has your show ready to go. For more information, just visit us at doublewidenetwork.com. Sometimes you start a project with great intentions, and then it keeps getting bigger, and nothing makes sense, and it grows out of control. So how do you get all the parts and pieces in sync together? Fix it. Image Home Improvement. When it's time to call in a professional, go to imagehomeimprovement.com. This is Amber Sullins, Chief Meteorologist for ABC 15 News. Nightly, I update you with the most up-to-date and accurate forecasting of our valley's weather. The most accurate and cutting-edge information for your home can be found here every Saturday morning with Steve Dubell and Image Home Improvement live on the Double Wide Network. All right, we are back, and you are tuned in to Image Home Improvement live, and it, it's Saturday, and what better time to take some time out to uh, take care of that most valued piece of real estate that you own. Your home. Your home, absolutely. And, and you, we got done talking with Scott Stafford from SNS Pest Control in the first hour talking about all everything that bugs you. But then on the <laughs> other hand, then the other hand, you know, when you turn around and you get into certain things like uh, 
talking about some of that strange netting and some people come over and they, they take a look. I got to tell you, I, that's one of the first things I want to say when we go over and take a look at a house and we see like all this strange you know, stuff that they're trying to do to keep you know, pigeons away and birds away and all this other and kind of stuff. Out. And, the, and the first thing I ask them. You didn't build that. <laughs> no, you didn't no. Build. no, of course. <laughs> Who, me? No. It was the previous homeowner who did that. My God, I gotta tell you, you know, just how about a little responsibility? You know, it's not gonna be, it's not gonna hurt you, and it, you're only talking to, you're only talking to the contractor. That's and, when, it. and then when I look at some of the stuff that people have done to homes, and they're so proud of it, and they're selling their home, and I'm like, did you really do that? No. <laughs> Who did that? It can't be you. You're too nice a person. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, as long as we're on the subject, before we move on here, I want to just go back a little bit again. And, you know, we we're talking about to some homeowners this week about doing the right thing. I was at a I was at a meeting the other day. OK, and it amazes me. And then I was prompted to, t- to actually take a poll. And I'm not usually one big on polls, but I decided to take a poll because we were talking about introducing my company and the show and everything else. And I asked everybody, I said, let me ask you a question. How many people here are good with tools? And I would say there was probably about maybe, well, maybe about eight people raised their hand. Then I asked them, I said, okay, how many people are not good with tools or not handy? And the majority of the people in the room, which was probably about 30, put their hand up. And I'm like, okay, so the, so the room is dangerous with tools. <laughs> That's, That's pretty right. much the people in the room were dangerous with tools. And again, that could, that could, you know, we laugh about it. But on the other hand, too, it could be very, very scary and dangerous that they don't know what they're trying to do things that they have no clue what they're you know what they what they're doing another thing that's scary and dangerous is something that looks so so safe and so wonderful is the pool chemicals not put in right that can actually burn the skin or burn your eyes uh people are you know beginning to activate their pools and they're you know throwing all this in all that in and that can really really damage you know you know every you know especially young children their skin can be burned easily and stuff and chemical damages to your skin and things like that. People have to, you know, have a professional do it because the keeping that balance of that water is so critical before you immerse yourself into it. Yeah, I mean, it you've got to be careful. There's just no two ways about it. You can't It's you more can't than just power tools, it it's enough. chemicals, you know. Yeah, actually, you know, here's the other thing too. You remember Again, when you think about water damage, and one of the things that we talked about this, you know, talking about your home insurance, water damage. If if the roof leaks, is the water damage covered? And that's a big that is a big oh, question. Yeah, have your insurance checked. It's just like anything else. Have a you know have your you know have your insurance checked on to make sure that's covered or what is or isn't covered. Because if you haven't had a check for a while. You better get it done. You know, and then obviously, you know, insurance companies have their own, shall we say, ways of doing things, and they'll turn around. And I'm sure you'll you'll see if is the, is there a wear and tear clause in the roof. You know, and now obviously, if a you know if you have a storm and a tree comes down and hits your roof, well, you know, 
you might have better luck fixing your roof if a tree hits it than if you try and turn around and say, well, you know, it it's not wear and tear because they're not going to cover it if it's just wear and tear. You're going to have to wind up out of, you know, to be able to go out of pocket to get it fixed. And you can't chop the tree down so it hits the roof either. Oh, well, you know, that's... It has to be an act of God. I don't know? think that anybody would really want to do that because then they'd have other issues besides the besides the roof to deal with. But, uh, Dan, that's a little drastic. What do you think? I've seen some people have really thought about it going, mm, that roof is pretty expensive. Well, that's true. If I notch it just right, it'll fall right on the house. Just make sure you move your car. <laughs> that's what they forgot. That's what they forgot. But that's, that's and it wasn't covered. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't covered. But uh, you know, making sure again, having your home insured properly for the right things, and you've got a, you know, you've got a lot of different things. You know, wind storms, haboobs blow in here in the southwest. Uh, you see some of these. You know, one of the things that one of the things that we're going to be doing, uh, we're planning on sharing some stories from some of our friends in the Midwest because we're going to be um, traveling to an event in Indiana probably in the beginning of May, and uh, we want to get a, a little insight into what some of the people in that part of the country actually had gone through during this past winter because it had to be one of the worst. I mean, every time you turn around, you'd hear – you know, like uh, all this stuff coming, lake effect snow coming off of all the stuff from Minnesota all the way east to New York and in blue through Indiana, Ohio, Pennsylvania. And some of the temperatures there, we've just been brutal, unbelievable, unbelievably mm-hmm. brutal. And, you know, we're going to try and get some try and get some firsthand uh Some of the quotes, ice and yeah. some of the damage the ice damming has done to the homes. Some of, you know, I'm. As an inspector, I've seen it, uh, how that black stain at the end of your eve tells you that you've got a rot, you know, you've got an ice-damaged eve, and you need to start getting it taken care of before the rains hit, <clears throat> because we know how the rains can hit in Indiana and in the Midwest during the summer, and uh, you got to have that taken care of, because if you're, if you're not ventilated right and you don't have the right kind of uh, roof deck on that, that stuff will just, just tear your roof right yeah. up. Absolutely. So, I mean, in some of the amount of snow that has has gone on top of some of these crushed homes, some stuff, it crushed stuff. I mean, and not to mention that, you know, you see people. I saw pictures of people standing on snowbanks where they could literally reach up their hand. They could touch touch their gutter mm-hmm. easily. I mean, not just stretching, just easily. So, you know, three, four feet of of, of snow on the ground. It's nothing. I mean, you almost could jump on the roof on some of these places without a ladder. I mean, Did that's you see how that bad YouTube it is. YouTube where that uh, demented uh, um, street uh, cleaner with the uh, blade was going down, burying people's cars and laughing about it. Did you see that YouTube shot? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's how deep the stuff got. Stuff I'm going to go through and bury some cars today. <laughs> well, I think that guy had a little bit of ego problem, you know, to get around. Come on. You're burying cars like that. I mean, I remember digging out, digging out cars when I was younger uh-huh. in the snow. It's no fun. Not to mention, you know, once you got your car out, the first thing you wanted to do is just like 
put a force field around your parking space. This way, nobody else would take it because it took you hours to dig your car out. And then you get home from work that night. If somebody took your space, I'm like, now what? You know, it's just stress. Just stress. The one you should really get me is uh, back east is when your locks would freeze up before they had these nice locks now. How your locks could freeze up, water could get in there, and you're trying to get your key or the locks frozen. Oh, what a what a pain that was. Yeah. <laughs> and with these cold, with these temperatures, remember how we used to have to have that uh, little oil warmer plugged into the front of your car so that your oil wouldn't uh, oh, turn to sludge. Well, this is true. Well, those are pretty prevalent on on you know on uh, diesel trucks as well as some of the new diesel diesel ve- smaller vehicles now that homeowners have. Mm-hmm. You know, they go out and obviously if you leave your car outside, you know, we used to do this all the time, especially, you know, we were in a, you know, running cross country with tractor trailers and, you know, pull into your friendly neighborhood, you know, uh, 76 truck stop or one a one similar. And all you need to do is just find a plug in, because mm-hmm. if you didn't, the oil would start to congeal because it was just too cold and it's just it gets it gets really hairy. And they used to have those dipsticks that would keep a car car uh, crankcase oil warm too, but there was also a, a little fault with it called car fire. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you know, they, you know, everybody has a good idea, but then on the other hand, it does have some drawbacks <laughs> here and there. But uh, uh, barbecue in uh, the middle car- of the winter, <laughs> barbecue. Uh, hey, our good friend Mark Jeffrey always says that too. He talks about a barbecue. That's right. Yeah, stay away from the barbecue. All right, we're going to take another break, and when we come back, we're going to have more Image Home Improvement live right here, Saturday morning, right here on the Double Wide Network. Don't go away. If you've been putting off those plumbing repairs at home, let me remind everyone, Small problems not repaired usually become larger, more expensive problems later on. With Lawson Family Plumbing, there's no job too small or too large, and the work is done right the first time, every time. They can handle problems such as broken garbage disposals, leaky faucets, water heater repair and replacements, water softener installations, slab leak repairs, and much more. Lawson Family Plumbing should be your choice for all your plumbing needs. Give them a call today. 480-302-9928 or find them on the web LawsonFamilyPlumbing.com Remember, Lawson is awesome. Have you been looking for information on your home improvement project? Maybe you've been seeking the right contractor for your remodel work. Don't know which way to turn? Image Home Improvement Live has all those answers and more. You can always catch this contractor doing great work and sharing the best in home improvement information. Remember, Image Home Improvement Live, Saturdays from 8 to 10 on the Double Wide Network. Your answer to all your home improvement needs in the digital age. If you live in Arizona, you know two things to be true. One, that we are living the hottest days of the summer. And two, if you haven't had your home's cooling system checked this year, you run the risk of having it fail at the hottest time of the year. Hi, I'm Steve Dubell, telling you that the pros at Quality Systems need to be your choice to keep your house cool for the summer. I know I did. With nearly three decades of experience in the industry, Quality Systems' commitment is to provide every customer with the best possible in service. Don't wait. Call the pros at Quality Systems today for all your HVAC needs. 480-800-4800. 
480-945-2665 or visit them on the web at qualitysystemsac.com. Hi, this is Skip Bedell. And Allison Bedell from the Spike TV hit show, Catch a Contractor. We catch contractors that have left homeowners with unfinished remodeling projects. And if you don't want this to happen to you, listen to Image Home Improvement Live. Every Saturday morning on the Double Wide Network. S-O-S, someone help me. All right, we are back, and you are listening to Image Home Improvement Live right here Saturday morning. It's, it's as we like to say here in the Southwest, it's springtime. It's springtime. <laughs> I don't feel bad about saying it because, you know, obviously now is the best time. You know, we talk about spring training, uh, you know, baseball, all the, all the uh, Cactus League games are going on in month of March. March Madness is going on. March is a March is a great sports month uh, all over the country, but especially out here and in Florida, especially for Major League Baseball. And before you know it, it'll be time for what the old play ball down at Chase Field when the Arizona Diamondbacks take the field Once again. The glacier moves away, and the, gl- <laughs> the glacier's not here in Phoenix. No, but it was up in Chicago. Oh well, you're talking about that too. You know, that's that's how the Great Lakes were formed was because of glaciers. I know, and 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 nobody nobody from the Cubs had anything to do with it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. but the, you can't blame the Cubs for that one. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you know, you think there were Cubs fans around back in the day? Oh, they held a club. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they held a me, club. Me. Oh my God! Wait a minute. That, that deserves a little applause. Can you tell it's nine thirty? It's nine thirty, Mike. <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable. But anyway. Uh, but talking about, you know, we're talking about a lot of different things, obviously, with the rain that we had this week here. And throughout the country, obviously, you have a lot of the, the, the big meltdown. And more so in the Midwest and back east, you have basements. Now, out here in Arizona, we don't have a lot of basements because, you know, when they built Phoenix, everything was let's throw the slab down and build up. And people were left with let's just build and, you know, throw all your stuff. You've got no place for storage except your garage. And I've seen people that, we, like we were talking about earlier with Scott, about the beehives in a wall where you could actually, op- somebody opens up a door in their garage. They've got so much stuff stuffed into it, it looks like a honeycomb around their car. I don't know how they get in and out of their car because they've got stuff on the ceiling, the walls, and it's just enough for the car to fit inside. Oh, and what happens is because they don't have a basement, the only good thing about it is that they don't have you don't get a flood in your basement if you have excess water. Now, one of the things that Dan and I actually went to go look at this week was in a home that we had uh, spotted last week about the uh, had water damage from a flood when we had some severe storms last November. And this area, I mean, if you've ever had mold in your home, you know that as soon as you walk into the space around the mold, that you could smell it. Forget about even testing it. Your nose is telling you 
something's wrong here. It gets old. It gets musty. And if you start getting Dan, who's very susceptible to this kind of uh, smell. The, head, the headache starts it, instantly. It, yeah, instantly. It's time to get out. Get run yeah, away. Yeah, go out <laughs> get away because it's, it's, it's not healthy. Okay. No. Now, some people who have water damage in their homes because – and it's like everything else. If you live in an environment day in and day out – as as if you are infected by mold, all of a sudden it just slowly kind of creeps up on you, and sometimes you don't you don't know you can't smell it, and people don't realize and they don't realize they're getting symptoms. Sick. They don't realize all these little symptoms that they're having are a precursor to a larger health problem, you know, soon to come. That you know it just it does it just acquires its own little symptom base and just keeps building and building until you're going to the doctor a lot. The doctor doesn't understand you're living in a toxic environment, so he's only trying to take care of the symptoms. Right. So and that's what that's why having an air air sample and a healthy home check done does wonders for your health and your home and your family. Exactly. I'm sorry, I turned that right back around on me, but people don't seem to understand if you just live with it. It, it may kill you. It's called, you know, the sick home syndrome. Yes, master. <laughs> <laughs> Take it from the man who knows, because th- this is something that Dan has, has actually lived through, and he knows the value of it, and you can't, you can't stress it enough to have homeowners take care of things like this. I mean, it's so, so important. So make sure you actually go out if you're home, if you're questioned, if you've been ill for any specific amount of time, and maybe you live in an area where your home is, it's very moist around your home, there's a lot of water, maybe you have, you've you had flood issues and you don't know it. Now, this particular home that we went to look at again, actually, because nothing was done and we've had several rains since then, everything that we saw last November had just gotten worse. Yeah, it was very ripe. Yeah, very ripe. Yeah, it's yeah, that's that's the, that's a unique way of saying that it, it really all the in, you know, all this water and the smell and it just got worse and worse. More areas got affected and the one thing Dan I think which was a telltale sign because you know you could tell that the homeowner was trying to well, you know we had this done a long time ago and we had this done and it's like I understand all that, but guess what? It's not working anymore. It's it, it, it's, it, it wasn't either. It was done. It deteriorated. It was done correctly. Well, Maybe we both it wasn't. saw that was done completely wrong. They shouldn't yeah. have done the hardscape the way they did it. Yeah. And when they put all that in there, it just caused it to be even worse. And a homeowner that's put that much money into turning fixing things, something, yes, they have some denial. You can't blame them because that's their investment. It's their baby. It's yeah. like, well, I couldn't have made a bad decision because I really care not to make a, a mistake. Now, the one thing that's that, the problem, the one thing that we will have to do, and if you think about this now, you, when if you've ever seen a home getting built with a foundation, you know that they have this big hole that they've actually put the forms in. They've actually made the form of the house. So you now have a foundation with stem walls coming up out of the ground. Well, what happens is they don't just push the dirt against the wall. They weatherproof more or less tar the side of the cement to create a barrier between water penetrating the concrete because water will migrate through concrete much like it does if you ever have gotten water on a flood on your grout 
it migrates through the grout. That's because it's porous. So they actually seal the foundation and then put the dirt back against it. What would happen was apparently the barrier that they put on the side of the foundation had to have broken down, especially at the foundation way down deep. That's right. It had to because that's where the water was actually coming in from. And I was quite surprised that from that area that we saw, it wasn't coming. It literally leaked where the wall hit the floor. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of water on the floor. And we saw it. And it wasn't even really raining anymore outside. So there had to be a lot of water coming through from that whole that whole situation. That whole mess, yeah. Yeah. Because, and here's the sad part is, they put the sump pump in, but they put it at the high portion of the basement rather than the low than the low spot. And that corner was the low spot where they should have at least had those drain tubes in the concrete going back to the sump pump or something. They just, there's something really wrong there. Yeah, something's not right. And obviously, uh, again, somebody not looking at the big picture on how to make this drain work. You know, the homeowner came in and they had a guy come in. They did concrete. Well, he may he may may have known how to mix concrete, but he didn't know. You know, he didn't actually do the work so that when it was done, that it wasn't just like a sidewalk. It was supposed to be some type of drain to channel water away from the window wells through the front the perimeter wall, away from the house, and out to the front yard. Well, that didn't happen because that when Dan and I were there, there was ponding in between the window wells. And, of course, water was going to go down. If water stays, if it doesn't travel, I mean, I don't know why they decided that they needed to cover the whole area. We're talking about maybe three, four feet on the side of the house. From the side of the house to the block wall. Yeah, all the way to the block wall. So now water hits that area, has nowhere to go because it wasn't pitched properly, and it ponds. And before you know it, concrete cracks, it finds its way in, and... You know, goes down eight or nine feet, and then before you know it, ten foot, it hits the that the the bottom of the basement floor, and now you've got now you got yeah. Issues. It wouldn't even make a good koi pond. It just leaks too much. Yeah, it's just <laughs> really. I mean, you know, it's just really, really bad. So it's it's something that you need to actually, you know, you need again stressing the fact that you need to call a professional and tell you exactly. What's wrong, but also what what's the correct way to remedy the problem? You can't turn around and just say, "Well, you know, I'm going. Hey, well, let's do this," and it sounds all nice and warm and fuzzy and good, but then it doesn't solve the problem, and you spent money without even trying to. to and you're left with, "I spent money, but the problem's not corrected." Because the next rain, guess what's going to happen? Yeah, Another leak. They should have had it completely engineered and properly. Um, designed out for the results so there would be a specific yep. diagram to go by to get it done. Right. And, and you, But did you notice the one thing that I brought back to when I suggested what we need to do, what we need to revert to back to was go back to the original plan, take the concrete out. If you want to create like a little uh, river of rock to channel the water forward, that's fine. But for the most part, you need... Open you it up need open ground. Yeah, you can't lie and lock the ground and expect the water to go away. You and it's just so- like, and then 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 we found out originally when the house was built, when they bought it, well, that's what was there in the first place. Yeah, they had well, soil and backfill to let it percolate. Well, why did they ever change it? That's my whole point. And plus, it wasn't even like it was a walkway 
to get out to the front because there was no gate on that side of the house. So, yeah, what? Oh, well, the the best plans of the architect and the engineer get waylaid by expedient methods. Well, all I have to do is say we're trying to educate homeowners one house at a time. And that's what we do at Image Home Improvement. That's what we do on the show every week at Image Home Improvement Live. And again, like I always told, like Mike's learning. Mike's been here now for a while. Anything that Mike ever learned in <laughs> life, he's learning at the Double White Network on Image Home Improvement Live. Right, Mike? There you go. That's right. I'm uh, probably I'm pretty paranoid now. I'm gonna go check, go home and check. <laughs> I'm gonna check my walls for bees, and I'm gonna look at my roof for leaks. I'm gonna call Dan, get the infrared. I, mean, I have to bring medication in for Mike now on Saturday morning. See what morning. you guys do to me. I know that's amazing. That's amazing. All right. Well, just so that he doesn't stress out anymore, we're gonna go to break. And when we come back, we're going to have the Homeowner Horror Story of the Week before we wrap up the show, so don't go away. You're listening to Image Home Improvement Live right on the Double Wide Network. When you buy a car, you want to see that car's history, whether it's new or used. Why should buying a home be any different? DEC Inspections can provide you with the inspection you need to have peace of mind when purchasing your next home. Call today, 602-308-8722. That's 602-308-8722. Scottsdale's biggest home and travel show is coming to Westworld March 28th and 29th. Visit hundreds of home building product and service companies. Bring your plants and compare the best outdoor living and remodeling companies. Explore the Privileges American Express Travel Pavilion for the best prices on your next vacation. Register for vacation giveaways and enter to win 1 million American Express reward points. Don't miss the Scottsdale Home and Travel Show coming to Westworld March 28th and 29th. Free tickets at ExposeAZ.com. That's ExposeAZ.com. Well, good morning, sleepyhead. It's about time you woke up. I made you some coffee. You know, you've got a lot of honeydew items to do today. What do you mean? Like what kind of items? Oh, come on. There's the garage door to fix, the leaky faucet that's been dripping all night, and that sticky front door you've been promising me to fix for over three years. I don't know if I can get all those things done today before the big game. Oh, ho, ho. don't forget you promised to do some things for Nana, too. Didn't he, Nana? Your husband is dangerous with tools. The last time he tried to fix something, I had to go buy a new one. He needs to listen every week to Image Home Improvement Live. S-O-S-P, someone help me. It's not healthy. You're a great American. I love you. That's what they tell me every week. They tell me I'm a great American. And we want it. Speaking of great Americans, we want to thank all our veterans for the service to our country really appreciate and we thank all of you for sacrificing and you and your families sacrifice so much to actually keep us safe here in our country so and to enjoy our you. way of life and enjoy our way of life and we couldn't be here every week doing what we do without you so we salute you as always even though there's no holiday doesn't make a difference anytime you see a veteran a person of the service for our country, make sure you go up and shake their hand and say thank you because they do a lot for us. And uh, a lot of times they 
They don't they don't hear enough of it, and you can't say enough of that and, to our veterans. And as a veteran, I'm always kind of taken aback because well, people actually do care. Because well, yeah, uh, it's a big difference than it was back in the '70s. I'll tell yeah, you that when we were spit on and stuff like that. Oh my God, it's been it, you know, and it just was. It wasn't a good time back back then. But I think I think we've come it's a long way, and we realize now um, how important our veterans are. So anyway, um, the homeowner horror story of the week, and um, one of the things that you know when Dan goes out and he sees a lot of these things, the first thing he does is. <laughs> He laughs because it's funny when he sees some of this stuff because the homeowners just make it really un, uh, unbelievably screwy. But, uh, That's Dan, why I have to go through my first pass of doing an inspection on some of these flips. I have to be by myself so people don't hear me. <laughs> and some of the other things well, I say. And, and, if, and as we say, the favorite thing, what the hell were they thinking? WTF. <laughs> All right. So tell us about the homeowner horror story of the week. What do you got for us this week? Dan? This was presented to us by Flipper. Flipper. Yeah, yeah we got to get that sound bite, Mike. That's Flipper, right. Flipper. Remember that on the, on the song? Yeah, we got to well, find that. What happened is they were they worked on this house. They uh, replaced the water heater, but what they did is they put the water heater in a room by itself, which is a good thing, and they gave it a high-low vent, which is a good thing, but then when they went to mount the water heater itself, they put three bricks under it, so leaned it up against the wall, it's a gas water heater, and... The TPR would squirt every once in a while. It softened the wall. Well, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Time out. What happened to the platform that the the heater's supposed to have been on as per We code? don't need no stinking platform. He <laughs> just used the stinking brakes. Yeah, you use three bricks and let it lean. Do you know what Lou Amoroso from Property Wars would have said when yeah. he would have seen that? Yeah. Not all. That's exactly what we would have said. That's right. He would have loved this one. He would have loved this one. I'm telling you. I'm because telling you. Uh, it was just... Pinhole leaking enough on one side so it was running across the unit and making the wall wet. And so as the thing leaned against the wall, it slowly was pushing through the wall. Oh, my God. It was just so much fun. You could you know, push on the wall by the, over, way up by the front of the door, and the whole thing would that, bounce. That's, well, see, now that just goes <laughs> to show you they didn't call our good friend and sponsor, Jeremiah at Masterscapes, and get some straight brick. No, hey. They used crooked brick. <laughs> they should have called our people at Lawson Plumbing and get it done right. <laughs> <laughs> Who the heck plumbed that in? It's um, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, he's it's under a thousand dollars. Well, you know, Bob. <laughs> you know, another another homeowner horror horror plumbing story, uh, water heater stories. You know, we're doing this room edition over in Phoenix, and they had an old laundry room that's going to be converted and updated. But they had um, a hot water heater in there. First of all, it's a gas water heater. That is, I don't know. It it did. Whoever plumbed it in again didn't know what they were doing because the 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 heat vent that was supposed to be connected to the hot water heater, it wasn't connected, and it was, uh, yeah, it was like aside from itself. So half of it was venting into the room. The rest might have gone up through the stack out the roof. It's supposed to all maybe, jump over to it, right? Maybe, yeah, yeah. It's supposed to jump over to it. But then here's the other thing too. I'm looking at this like I'm like. What are all these other lines on here? And there were old lines from a solar tube that used to be up on the roof back in the day. And then there was also another line going up that way for a swamp cooler. It was up. And it had extra spigots. had like three spigots on 
th- in three different areas around it. Not to mention that the drain for the for the uh, hot water heater wasn't even going outside. It was a tube at the end of the the, the line, right near where you you throw that switch to to actually you know take off the pressure and let it bleed oh, off of the TPR. Actually, it was it was it was dumping onto the floor. I mean, this is it just like straight unbelievable. Down to the floor. And I was like, you know, let's just strip uh, hey, this out. I'll trade you. I'll wall. trade you that one for the one I just talked about uh-huh. with a, a quarter inch line for the TPR, so it will back right up real fast and blow up. Quarter inch, yes. TPR, yes. What was wrong with that picture? It's supposed to be three quarter. What rocket It'll, science person put that in? That's there? all you had on the truck. Oh well, of <laughs> course. Well, that just—I mean, oh, so a little a little drip is better than no drip. Uh, you might as well just close it up and let it blow, <laughs> let it rupture and go. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Remember, years ago, we talk about this from time to time. Water heaters installed improperly here in the Phoenix area. One actually could take off, like you know, um, an uh, Atlas rocket going up That's and right. just land three. You know, three blocks away, and I kid you not. Has to take exactly, the dog for a walk to go find the water heater. Ex- yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh my God, you have to go do that. So, hunter down, boy. Go yeah. on. Yeah. Go that's find a, the water heater, boy. The, the one thing that you won't have to look for is the big hole in your roof because it's going to be right in front of your face. <laughs> so, uh, you got to make sure that you actually take care of that. That's and, not again, a drone. That's a water heater. Don't mess with it. And again, in the winter time, you know, everybody starts. Well, uh, let me crank up the heat. You, and on the temperature on the hot water heater, you got to be careful. You can't crank it up to the point where you know it's going to be warm. It it can could scald. scald you, and death by scalding in less than five seconds at a hundred and seventy five degrees. Right. So you, I mean, I, I'm one for a nice warm hot shower, but you got to be careful. Make sure that you you if you're going to adjust it, make sure somebody comes in and takes care of your hot water heater. Maybe do the install. Make sure that. It's adjusted properly for the right temperature, and I'm not saying you shouldn't, you know, inch it up a little bit during the winter time because everybody usually does, but you can't crank it up too far because there's anti-scald devices in most homes now, yep. and they'll cut out, and you'll have nothing but cold water, and think the water heater is completely broken when you've actually turned it up too high. That's right. That's right. All right. One quick reminder before we wrap up the show. Make sure you tune us in next week. We're going to be live at Westworld in Scottsdale Saturday and Sunday. And we want to invite all of you back out there. Don't forget the Scottsdale Home and Travel and uh, Home Furnishing Design Show is going to be there. We're going to be out there on Saturday doing the show. Make sure you bring your plans, your dreams, and your homeowner horror stories because we can put you live on the air and share your homeowner horror story with all our listeners. And, uh, Dan, thanks once again for, you know, a brilliant, brilliant dialogue. We love you, baby. <laughs> and, uh, Mike, make sure to check the medication supply for next week. We're goes taking, outside. We're goes take, outside tomorrow. We're oh, taking boy. it on the road next week. <laughs> and remember, if you ever, ever thought about not listening to this program. Resistance is futile. We'll see you next week. Have a great weekend. You're a great American. I love you.